This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Every day is an April Fool day for me because people say I'm a fool. Because you are the April Fool. Yeah, so 30 days. It's your day. It's my day, yeah. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Everything happening in the sports world. Galen wants Jackson and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. And even some things not happening in the sports world. Just be patient. And I know I stink. Everyone tells me I stink. Yeah, you're so the worst. I am the worst. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson who I can guarantee did not stay up late last night to watch the Los Angeles Clippers beat the Golden State Warriors and come back from 31 points down, Mr. Steve Sell. I did not, and I love it. Because, you know me, I'm not a big Warriors fan. Why is that? I, 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 don't, I think they're too arrogant. You don't like Steph Curry? I like Steph Curry. What He's, about Draymond Green? Can't stand him. What about Clay Thompson? Don't like him. Steve Kerr? Like him. Okay. That's a pretty solid group. Steve, we were going to get your predictions on the NBA postseason today. That was what we thought we could do that would be interesting, but we came up with something a little better. You have to remember, though, I don't, I haven't watched the NBA all year. Well, that's true. You don't watch one second of it until well, I, May. Well, <laughs> I've watched a little bit, but not that much. Well, we are excited. We've changed up our plans a little bit, and we have brought on new McPherson College men's basketball coach T.J. Eskildson. We decided to mix things up. Maybe we can get your NBA predictions, but we're glad to have you on today. Yeah, I'd love to give you my NBA predictions if, <laughs> if you need them. I don't know how much they're worth, but I appreciate you having me on, Jim. Well, we know that we've been following the coaching search and, and your promotion here for the last couple of weeks, and we haven't talked about it a ton on air just because, well, the coaching searches at this level, sometimes they're kept a little bit more under wraps than it would be yeah. with KU or K-State hiring a new men's <laughs> basketball coach. But yeah. what what was this process like for you going from longtime assistant, sitting around, waiting for a day like this to come, and then finally able to go ahead and get this job? Yeah, it was, it was a really exciting process for me. Uh, I... I had found out that Coach Schwartz and Druber had taken the athletic director's position at Pratt, and um, obviously I, I expressed my interest to Andrew Reeling, our athletic director, in, in wanting to become the, the head coach here. Uh, it was it, it was really something that, that was I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about McPherson College. I've been here for nine years. I'm passionate about the McPherson community in general. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed my time here. I think when I came here as an assistant nine years ago, I don't know if I would have said thought that I'd still be in McPherson nine years from now. Um, but it's, it's, it's really become a special place to me. And it's, it's, as you guys know, being here, it's, it's, it's a community that's, that's unlike a lot of, of others in, in Kansas and in general. Uh, 
and the whole process I thought went really well. I got I got a chance to interview for the job and got to kind of share my vision for the men's basketball program. And um, I was lucky enough that the search committee, Andrew Elin and our president, Michael Schneider, uh, felt that they had confidence in me to, to lead the men's basketball program. And I, I'm excited. I, obviously, I've, I've helped with recruiting a lot of these guys that we have in the program already, and I'm excited about what we, we can get going here again. So. For those of us that have followed the program very closely, like myself, I mean, yeah. I've been around it probably closer than uh, a lot of people are. But yeah. uh, uh, Coach Schwarzenegger, you know, had a great run here. And one thing I felt like he really did a great job of, uh, the more, the longer you were here, the more he seemed to entrust in you and yeah. the more rain he gave you to implement some things. And yeah. you had to be grateful for the way he allowed you to kind of uh, – broaden your coaching scope over the last few years yeah no doubt um coach Schwarzenegger I, I consider a friend now um a, a mentor and a friend he's somebody that that really he he gave me a lot of leeway in terms of especially recruiting I did a lot of our recruiting um and also within the all different parts of the team I did a lot with the offensive stuff with our group our stuff with our group already um I really I mean, I, he's somebody that I, I can just pick up the phone and ask, and he, he's willing to help me out now as well still, and somebody that I consider a friend. But I, I Coach Schwarzenegger, obviously, we, we, my first few years, and Co we had a lot of success here at McPherson, and um, I'm hoping that we can get us, get us back to where we were uh, a few years back. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very appreciative of Coach Schwarzenegger. Well, one thing that I'm sure had to be very weird and probably difficult at times for you in this process of Coach Schwarzenegger announcing that he's going to step down and go to Pratt, and then between that time of you getting the job is there's this weird time of you're still the assistant coach at the moment yeah. while still working <laughs> to be the head coach and hoping that you get that job yeah. while also being in the middle of recruiting and yeah. also trying to keep people happy that are still here. Yeah. What was that process like for you in terms of trying to balance and keep your head straight? Yeah, that was definitely one of the – the more unique parts of the situation. It's not like I, I just got the job, Coach Schwarzenegger resigned, and I was just um, promoted to the job. I went through that process for about three weeks there, and I continued to recruit. Uh, we had 17 uh, recruits on campus in that period of time, that three-week time period of time, and um, that conversation, that was always kind of one of the first things I addressed. I'm like, I, I my, my love for McPherson College, no matter what happens with me, is, is, is very high. Uh, but I had to kind of tell our recruits. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what my situation will be, but I think McPherson College is a good place for you, um, and a good place. And it's a, I know who the people we have in our basketball program. They're people that uh, that you would like to surround yourself with a, as a player. But that was that was definitely something I had to address every with every recruit that I talked to. Uh, but I do think that now that I, I got the job, it, it's it's helped in terms of I've already kind of. I had already been developing those relationships, but now having gotten the job, it makes it makes it a little bit easier now to kind of kind of get people on board with the program and the college. You said earlier you have a vision for the program. Can you kind of share what that vision is? Yeah, um, I, I'm excited to kind of get. I, I want to see us become more competitive on a daily basis. Uh, I also. Um, in terms of recruiting, I, I'm not somebody who's going to go out and bring in six transfers. I don't. I don't feel like that's something that's that is something that will be successful at McPherson College. I want to get a couple trans every recruiting class. Get a couple transfers. Get uh, f some freshmen that we can build around over the years. Uh, 
And kind of style of play wise, um, offensively, I'd like to play at a little bit faster pace. I mean, the K- I feel like the KCACs, uh, the talent level in the KCAC has just gone up a lot. And just the, the nine years I've been here, from my first year to now, the talent level is is a lot different than the KCAC. Um, and understanding kind of the style of play is different. Uh, my first few years, the team that led the conference at scoring was averaging 77 points per game. And the past few years, they averaged 94, 93. <laughs> so um, it's something that uh, – I think that we need to kind of adjust to that and understand that we need to probably play at a faster pace. Um, I'd like to get up and pressure the ball a little bit more in the full court and and on defense as well. And um, I feel like that's a style of play that recruits and and people want to play. And and frankly, people love to come out and watch. Um, And that's something that that's kind of – will be a little bit different in, in what we how we do things. And one reason maybe the scoring's up in the KCAC, uh, the KC has expanded since you took over. I mean, there's it three has. teams now that weren't there when you started at McPherson College with the addition of York, Avila, and, of course, Oklahoma Wesleyan, yep. which right now is probably, uh, you know, after Tabor had such a long run, yep. Oklahoma Wesleyan, which does not have football, they can put all their resources into basketball. Exactly. And Donnie Bostwick, who is the coach down there. He was at Oklahoma Wesleyan, won a national championship, left, went to Southwestern Assemblies. I think he got runner-up one year at Southwest Assemblies. He's come back to Oklahoma Wesleyan, and now he's kind of set the standard for everyone else to reach. Yep, and that's that's something that I talked about with our guys. Um, uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan was number one in the country for a a lot of the year this year, and I I told our guys, I'm like, if we if we can compete for a conference championship, we can compete for a national championship, and that's that's something that's uh, been different in the last few years in the in the KCAC. Um, I know we we made it to the Final Four uh, was it seven years ago now, and that was about as far as any KCAC team had been outside of Bethany um, a few years before that. But it's it's definitely to the point now in the KCAC with Oklahoma Wesleyan and 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 York and 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 some of the Southwesterns really gotten very good in the last few years as well um you better be ready to play every night out and if you if you want to compete for a championship in the kcac you're you're going to be a nationally recognized team um and that's and it's been kind of strange because you look back when the bulldogs were you know at the top of the kcac it was mac it was sterling Sterling. and it was Tabor. (laughs) and Tabor this year fell way back sterling just hired a new coach this week. They did. And, yeah. and, 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 of course, the Bulldogs, you know, had that great run. Four straight years of going to the national tournament. I'm not sure there's been a KCAC team that's ever gone four years in a row. But yeah. these things kind of go in cycles. Yeah. So uh, it, it's time to I'm, – I'm sure you're thinking – Time to time, get back up to the cy- top. It's time, yep. it's time for the cycle, <laughs> cycle back, back up. But it's not like, uh, you know, you're inheriting a team that is void of talent. Uh, you basically were an underclassman-dominated team. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of those guys are planning on coming back. You played a lot of guys last year. And, it, and when there's a coaching change, you might lose one or two. But yeah. uh, it's not like you don't have a pretty good nucleus coming back. I agree. I agree, Steve. We I, we have the potential to return our top eight scores from last year. So uh, I, I, we haven't had a year like that since that Final Four group where we've returned where we've returned all eight 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 of our top scores. Um, I feel like the the pieces are there for us to be successful. Uh, we we need to add a couple a couple guys that that fit into the mix and can push the people that we have. Um, and and one of the things that I'm really selling to our guys is that 
uh, you need to compete every day. We're, we're kind of starting from scratch now, and um, there's nothing there's nothing guaranteed. And I, I think that they're embracing that that challenge of of understanding that they need to compete for whatever role they have on the team, um, compete for for playing time, compete for what they have. Uh, and, and like I said, I feel like if we, we we don't have to add a lot, but we got to add the right pieces. Um, and I, and I, I do feel like we can do that, and we, we can be successful. One of the things that I always see as a benefit when you promote an assistant that's been at a school for a long time is that your assistants, especially the main ones and not the GAs that are just in and out, but your main assistants that are around for a while, they have a really good scope of the conference that you're competing in. They have a great scope of the area that you're recruiting. You have these connections built in. And does it feel like with you for being here at McPherson for the last nine years, going through the recruiting trails of being around this area, going through the conference, does it feel like that gives you the additional edge? I definitely do. I mean, I I, I feel like I I know the conference, as as you said. I, I know kind of... When when we go and do scouting reports next year, I've got the file on Southwestern, or what, I was doing the scouting reports um, kind of already, so we, we have an idea of what we're competing against. And um, I've been able to develop a lot of relationships, a lot especially with the junior colleges in the area, a lot of the high school area high school coaches here. We we run a summer league at, at during the summer, so I got to know a lot of the local high school coaches as well. So I, I feel like I definitely have a distinct advantage over somebody who would have come in and and didn't know the didn't know the conference, didn't know the area all that well so i i feel like i can kind of hit the ground running especially with recruiting and those relationships are already built and i and i also know how mcpherson college works i know the process um with admissions and all that so i've got a good relationship with our admissions people and um i think that that's that's a huge benefit to me um i'm getting to step into my first head coaching job with ha- having that experience already and uh, you know we talk about recruiting Jim and I, of course, saw a lot of your games this year, uh, all your basically all your home games. And, and when you look at your team uh, right now, shooters, three-point yep. shooters. It just seems like the game has gone so much, the three-point shooting. And you didn't have – you know, Aaron Bakura two years ago gave you that, yep. you know, that home run guy. He was as good as anybody in the conference. But you really didn't have that one guy last year that could go out and get six or seven threes in a game like – some of the other teams. Have. Yeah, and that's definitely something that, that we're looking at in recruiting is, and that's something that in the individual conferences I've been doing with our guys that I've talked about is that we were last in the conference in three-point field goal attempts, um, and that's something that I that I, I feel like you need to, in today's game, uh, you need to be able to shoot the three. That's that's almost, it, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about that that's almost the first thing you, when you look at a box score at the end of a game, um, we just talked about the NBA at the beginning of this, but you look at the box score and you look at who made the most threes in the game, and that's that's almost the first stat that you look at in well, a threes, box score. Threes add up faster than twos. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's easier to go on runs when you're hitting threes, It's and it's also it's easier to make up ground and, and to separate yourself within the flow of the game. When you can you can string together two threes, three threes in a row in a game, you can go on a 9-0 run in three possessions. So um, that's that's definitely something that, that we're going to we're gonna look to add to our group, and, and that's, that's also a part of offense. Defensively, um, I'd like to get more threes up. I feel like we have some guys in, in our program who can do it already. It's just a matter of um, figuring out how to get them those shots and give them the confidence to make those shots. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the new McPherson College men's basketball head coach, T.J. Askeldson. We'll dive into a little bit of your background and what we see coming up for your Bulldogs here in the future. We'll be back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. 
You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. An exciting show today as we're joined by the new McPherson College men's basketball coach T.J. Eskildson after his long wait as the assistant coach with this Bulldog program and one of the things I wanted to dive in with you here is that coaching appears to kind of be in your blood, and it appears to be something that you've wanted to do for a long time. And for a lot of coaches, and Steve, I talk about this too with a lot of different media members, sometimes there's that three or four, five-year range where people really feel passionate about what they're doing with this. And I see it with a lot of broadcast colleagues of mine and Eventually, whether it's the money or the energy or the passion, sometimes it runs out for people yeah. in about that time. But for you, it doesn't feel like it's ever run out. And maybe that's a great sign of why you've been able to land a job like this after being an assistant coach for, what, 15 years? Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, I've kind of grown up around the game. My, my father was a college basketball coach. Um, he started out on the men's side and then, and then went over to the women's side. So I kind of grew up in a basketball family. Uh, grew up on college campuses, small college campuses. Uh, he was the, the head women's coach at Grinnell College in Iowa, uh, then was the head men's coach at Bethany College in West Virginia, the head women's coach at Mount Holyoke College in, in, in Massachusetts, and then the head women's coach at St. Ambrose University in, in Iowa. So I kind, of, I kind of grew up on a college campus and around college basketball programs my whole life, uh, and it's something that I, I have become passionate about. I, I watched him teach and and go through the the highs and lows of of coaching. So I kind of know what to expect and something that um, I'm passionate about. Uh, getting the chance to kind of lead young men and and be mentors to them. And uh, I I feel like it's it's bigger than wins and losses. It's 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 great to kind of see guys mature over their four years of college. You kind of start those relationships in recruiting, um, and then those relationships uh, build while they're on 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 campus and, and and playing for you. And then it's just as exciting to see them to get get that degree and then see what they do with their lives when they're done. Um, it, it's something that I, I feel very passionate about and something that I, if I didn't love doing it, I don't think I could do it um, because it definitely is time demanding and, um, and, and there's a lot of highs and lows, but it's something that I think in the end is, is really rewarding. Well, when it comes down to some of the mentors in your coaching profession, I'm sure that it's people like Coach Tim Swartzendruber, yeah. maybe even former McPherson College coach Roger Trimmel, and yeah. some other people like that that have been in your corner. Who, yeah. who are some of those other people that you've talked to a lot through this type of a process and trying to figure out where you want to be as a head coach and when it yeah. will happen? Yeah, Coach, coach Swartzendruber was, was huge in that. Um, obviously, we talked every year kind of about what my aspirations were, um, and, and my aspirations were to be a, be a, a head coach at the college level. Um, it was one of those things where uh, the opportunity had to arise, and I, I loved working with with Coach Sports and Druber. So it was never I was never in a position where I felt like I had to go find find another job because I was really happy here at McPherson and, and working for him. Um, another person that I really have leaned on a lot is is my college coach. 
coach in, in, from college, Alan Mignani. Uh, he was the coach at Iowa Wesleyan when I was there. Um, he's somebody that uh, I, I would call, and he, he really gave me a lot of guidance, especially through this process. He kind of gave me, gave me some pointers on, on transitioning from being an assistant coach to a head coach. Um, interestingly enough, our head women's coach, uh, Josh Nichols, he was – so he became the assistant coach at Iowa Wesleyan when I was a student assistant at Iowa Wesleyan my last year there. So he wore, had worked for Coach Mignani too, and Coach Nichols is a very good friend of mine, and um, he, he, he's another one that um, I've really talked a lot about with, in terms of coaching and just stuff like that. And um, he's somebody that I have, I have a great relationship with. I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to work with him more. But it's kind of crazy. We kind of joke a little bit about when he, he interviewed for that assistant job at Iowa Wesleyan, I, I interviewed him as a student <laughs> assistant, and then he – he was one of the people that interviewed me for this job. So it's kind of crazy how it came full circle there um, with that. So it's, 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 but having people like that in my life have, have been, it's, it's been great. And people who, who have had a lot of success in this profession and can give me guidance is, is, is great. Have you always wanted to be on the men's side? Because I know that it's, it seems like to me on the women's side that once you get into the women's side of coaching, it's harder to go back to the men's side. Have you ever thought about joining the women's side? Yeah, I, I it has crossed my mind some to, to become a head coach, but I, I I've I've always kind of wanted to stay on the men's side, and that's that's something that um, I wanted my first coaching position to be on the men's side, and, and hopefully I can I can stay stay at McPherson for a long time and. Um, and stay on the men's side, but uh, I think coaching is coaching on the, on either side. But that's that's kind of something that I wanted to be kind of on the men's side if I could. One thing about the KCAC, uh, when you know people go to games, you don't see a lot of real six seven, six eight, six nine type guys. It's yep. a guards league, yep. and it's a shooters league. And the thing is, there were some incredible guards in the KCAC this year. Uh, Cameron Hunt ended up being the national player of the year from yep. Southwestern. Jordan Murdoch. I'm sure that you and yeah. Coach Schwarzenegger probably sent him a <laughs> I don't graduate. know what you classify him as, as a guard or a forward or a <laughs> center. A he could be anything. Hybrid anything. Yeah, anything uh, he wants to be. Yeah, there. he was 6'4", 280 pound guard. But there were a lot of good seniors in the conference this year. And that's why next year, uh, it really, you know, Oklahoma Wesleyan had a lot of uh, seniors on their team. Uh, of course, they, tra- they really go the transfer route every year. Yeah. But it's a guards league. And. Uh, it's it could be really wide open next year because there's a there's a lot of teams that have a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, I I agree, and that's something that you look on paper and a lot. If you go through the first, second, honorable mention, the the teams in the league this year, there there were a lot of seniors on that list. So um, I'm sure that other schools are going to reload. That's always how it works in the in the league. But I'm hoping that our experience can can be can be key going into next year that we can kind of hit the ground run, especially with as large of a conference schedule as we have starting conference games two weeks into November. Uh, you would hope that having having a lot of returners can, can be an advantage for you. Um, but in terms of a guards league, that's it's, it's funny you say that because uh, Jim and I were actually talking about that a little bit off the air um, about how our league um, – is very guard dominated. If you have if you have good guards in our league, you have a chance, um, and that's something that that I feel like is is really important. Uh, everybody always asks, "Are you recruiting any big guys?" And no doubt, I'd love to get a six eight six nine guy who can really play. But in our league, you better have guards. If you don't have guards, you're going to struggle. You could have the best post player in the league and not have guards, and you're still you're you're going to struggle in our league. So that's something that's that's definitely important important to me is finding those right guys. And I feel like we have some of those guys on our roster already uh but definitely finding finding some people that can 
can get us over the top. You talk about how big the conference is, and I was a big advocate. Uh, had you know before Avila joined the conference, I really wanted to see a split, a north-south division where you would play the team in your division twice, and then the teams. You know, if you if, say we had been in the north, play all those teams twice, and then play the south once. That still gives you a pretty big conference schedule. I, I just find it very yeah. difficult for teams to have to start conference play. You basically have about what six non-conference games, yeah. and then you're in conference play. I mean, yeah. you played. I think it was fourteen or fifteen conference games before the Christmas before break. Before Christmas, yeah. yeah. And then I agree with you, Steve. I had, I'm not a huge fan of the huge, the, the very large conference schedule, but it is what it is, um, and it's something that that you've got to deal with. Uh, it, it just makes it, it makes the urgency to figure out your rotations, to figure out your identity early in the season a lot, a lot more. Um, like like you said, this year, this past year, we had four games before our first conference game, uh, and it'll be the same next year. We'll have four games before our first conference game. So uh, you, you better figure some stuff out in those four games. You better figure out who your guys are, what your rotations are going to be. Uh, and, and like I said, I think that hopefully – our experience back, there will be a little bit less of an adjustment. That now we do have a, a new head coach, so <laughs> there's going to be some adjustment there as well. So um, it, it's just it's a grind. It is an absolute grind when you play when you play that many conference games and you start that early. Uh, you, you've got to be ready to play every night, and you've got to you've got to have that mentality uh, that that you're you're prepared to play and you're ready to go because yeah, everybody play, in our league's good. Yeah, you play. <laughs> you know, here you are. You've played six conference games, and you look up. We still got 18 conference games to go. I <laughs> yep. mean, I yep. mean, you can't. You can never get too high. You can never get too low. low. Yep. You've got to be able to every night put the last game behind you. Whether it was a good, whether you played well, whether you didn't play well. There's another game coming, and you get better be ready to play that one. And when that one's over, you move on to the next one. So you, you got to take it one game at a time, and and really just be ready to compete on a nightly basis. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up, kind of look ahead to what's coming up with the summer, what's coming up with the fall, and then what you guys will need to do to get ready for conference games, apparently beginning in, like, September. That's what it feels like. We're <laughs> yeah. back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, and joined today by the new McPherson College men's basketball coach, T.J. Askeldson. Well, we've talked a lot about your background, the predictions, and, and talking about the KCAC, but I want to know what's on your agenda over these next couple of weeks, whether it's the end of this school year and trying to figure out who's going to be back, who's going to be leaving, then you get into the summer with workouts. What's on the agenda for you, and probably wrapping up recruiting too? Yeah, yeah. The I, I'm definitely very busy. Um, re, really, right now, recruiting, doing individual conferences with our guys. I'm finishing those up actually today. 
Um, and what we're doing, we're in the weight room. We're, we, we've got recruits coming in. We're playing open gym. Um, we're doing workouts. Um, so making sure that our guys are all set and they kind of have a clear expectation of what, what I'm wanting um, from them and making sure they're finishing strong in the classroom is, is a priority. But then number two is recruiting. Um, I've, I've got to stay on our recruiting. I've got, uh, we, we've got to sign some more guys and, and get some more guys on board. Um, so I, I, that'll kind of be a process probably through the rest of this month in May and, and even into June a little bit. Um, recruiting is kind of a never-ending process. You're kind of always doing that. Um, we'll be running on the summer. We'll have the summer league at the college again this summer. So I'll, I'll be helping run with that, run that um, with the summer league there. Uh, just staying busy. I mean, it's it's it's. I'm kind of getting hit with everything right now as a head coach. It's it's definitely it's it's different when it's when it's kind of on your shoulders. And they always talk about that when you move from being the assistant to the head coach. Um, but that's yeah. You talk about recruiting. Uh, two areas have really been good to you. Oklahoma's been good. Yeah. And Texas has been good. Yeah. And uh, and you've also had a couple, Minnesota. There's junior colleges in Minnesota. There's yeah. very good junior college basketball in Minnesota. Yes. Um, and I'm actually, I was actually texting a kid from Minnesota earlier today. Um, and Minnesota is a place that we'll, we'll still, I'll continue to recruit really hard. I was down in Dallas last weekend at a showcase. Um, and we haven't, I haven't been recruiting uh, Oklahoma quite as hard this year. Um, just haven't had any guys that, that have really we've, we've reached out to. And I'm sure we will probably add a couple recruits from Oklahoma. But um, Texas is the main one. I've been down in Texas a lot. Uh, we've got three commitments right now, two of them being from Texas. Texas. So, uh, and there are quite a few other guys from Texas that we're, we're still talking to. So I'm hoping we can kind of get in there. We, you look at like the Cameron Hunt in our league is he was from, he was from the Dallas area. And yeah. Why don't you there's... go find one of those? I, that, I wouldn't mind finding a Cameron Hunt. That might help. How does a player like that slip through the cracks though? Cause so he could have played NCAA division. He probably could have played division one. for some Yeah. So division Cameron one. Hunt's an interesting story. I, I get along with the Southwestern coaches really well. And Cameron Hunt, when he graduated from high school, was about 6'1". And then he ended up growing four inches. And all of, he was about 6'5 when he, when he ended up as a senior. Uh, and he, he just developed a lot. He, I, I don't even know if Cameron Hunt started on his high school team. He went to Duncanville High School, and he was just a late bloomer. And, and they did a tremendous job with him at Southwestern. He, from his freshman year to his senior year, yeah. he, he was – Obviously, national player of the year, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's, just, it's kind of interesting how that works out. But when you have somebody who grows four or five inches when they get on campus, that's that's never a bad thing. <laughs> well, TJ, we're wishing you the best of luck in this early process for you and getting things ready for your first season. And I know it's going to be a very busy summer for you guys, but yeah. we're looking forward to seeing what you can get this Bulldog basketball team to do and hopefully back to those runs at the beginning of your time here and finding a way to get back to the national tournament. Yeah, thank, thank you, Jim, and thank Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate you get you guys inviting me out, and um, I'm excited for Bulldog basketball. I'd, I'd love to have the community come out and support Bulldog basketball, and uh, it, it's it's an exciting time to be at McPherson College, and uh, I'm I'm really excited for the future here. Should be a fun run, and Steve, I know you'll probably have some stuff posted up at midkansasonline.com. I know you had at least one column about TJ a couple weeks ago, and getting things going there, and I'm sure we'll be popping in our head at the Sports Center a few times yeah. here in the next few weeks. You bet. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you know, we, we endured the highs and lows last year. Yep. Uh, a lot of games where the Bulldogs had the lead with five minutes ago and just couldn't quite close it out, but uh, yep. uh, next year those close win or losses will be close wins. So. Yep. We we'll hope so there. Yep. Thanks, All right, guys. Steve, tomorrow we're going to have a very short show because the Royals are on 
at 1.15 or 1.10, and because of that, they start at 12.30. So we'll be very short and very brief, so I'm sure we'll have lots of great things coming out of your mind for then. <laughs> Thursday, we're going to have Carol Swenson on the show right. to get a little update on Kansas track and field, go through some of the leaders in the state and all the numbers that he collects. It's going to be a great week of shows, and of course, continue to read everything Steve writes at midkansasonline.com. Isn't that right? I think that's probably right. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Wrapping up today's show for TJ Askelson and for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.